Welcome to Perspectives Unsettled, a podcast that exists to challenge our assumptions about faith and move the average Christian from status quo into boldness in action. I'm your host, Emily Luttrell. And I'm Ben Stewart. And we don't have a guest this time. Not today. Just us. Yep. Lucky you guys. <laughs> it's the Emily and Ben show today. Yep. Um, and we get to talk about this fun thing that we just did. We went on a trip. We did go on a trip. Sort of together. Yep. Um, but before we get into that, we have a really important icebreaker question to kick off the kick off the episode well sticking with the theme since we both did uh travel recently internationally the question that i have for you emily is and i'll answer it to you aside from the essentials when you pack for an international trip what is the one thing that you're like if i don't have this my whole trip is going to be ruined and, and I mean, like, of course, we have we have passport assumed, underwear is assumed, change of clothes is assumed. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the random thing that you're like, if I don't have this? Man, I don't I don't know that I have one because I I uh, I can be kind of an anxious packer. OK. And I'm constantly like unpacking my suitcase to be like, did I actually put shoes in here or something <laughs> like that? And so, like, I. I have to be that person that's like, if I have my wallet and I have uh-huh. my passport, then like, whatever, yeah. I, I can survive. Um, so are you, are you like a minimalist packer or are you a just in case packer? Cause those are two very different. Yeah. Yeah. I, I start as a minimal packer yeah. and I get everything and it's all very neatly wrapped and put together and everything's in his little pocket and then at the end i'm like here's six more shirts just in case just in case (laughs) yeah you throw them in i throw i throw a bunch of stuff in at the last minute but you don't have that like one random thing that if it like makes or breaks the the trip experience for you yeah i mean like a bag of swedish fish that you need to eat on the plane or okay no i'm pretty uh pretty low maintenance traveler okay I'm not. Surprises, <laughs> <laughs> no. So I have like five things on that list. Yeah. But I'll just I'll, I'll just share one, which I think most people, you know, it's somewhat relatively normal. But I do travel with my own um, travel size pour over coffee maker mm-hmm. equipment. So not like normal, you know, the full. Like you don't bring a, a kettle yeah. in a... Well, actually, sometimes I bring a kettle depending <laughs> <laughs> where I'm going. I do have a travel kettle. Uh, but like, yeah. So it's it's like this container, cylinder container that also serves as the, the mug. And then there's this collapsible funnel that you like can, you know, you take it out, assemble it, mm-hmm. and these special sized filters <laughs> that you mm-hmm. have to specially order... So you have to make sure before every trip, Emily, that you have enough. So this is like two weeks ahead. You're like making sure you have the you right You can Amazon in. Prime it. So, you <laughs> okay. know, at least you got three days to, uh, yeah, to really make sure. So that, that for me is important. There's yeah. a lot of places I've taken that, that coffee maker. So this trip that we were just on, there were like five of us. Mm-hmm. And I think there were four different ways of people brought from home to make their special That's coffee right. for them. And yeah. Yeah. I was introduced to some new ways. Didn't love them. I feel like I'm <laughs> I'm pretty happy you with my system. You have your routine. Yeah. See, so. this works out for me as someone who didn't even think about it. And I just, you know, relied upon the kindness of other people. Right. So, but now for the future, if you're not with people like that, 
this may be one of the this may become this may, one of those yeah, things. maybe this is the moment yeah. where i realize the kind of traveler i'm gonna be well i'm glad we could have this conversation <laughs> i'm glad i had a learning opportunity yeah, on this trip. that's really what that's this was the about. one thing i did learn is <laughs> i need to figure out a portable coffee situation that's really why i asked this question that's where this was all going We've talked a lot on our podcast about short-term mission trips, and short-term trips can be great. They're often the way that people develop a passion for missions. They introduce us to new cultures, and they help expand the definition of what the church is, and they're really incredible opportunities for learning. But these trips are often made of large groups of people who spend a week volunteering, and then they just leave. And while that might help address a community's immediate needs, it rarely leads to deeper connections for anyone involved it isn't really an effective way of fulfilling the Great Commission. So how can a team experience new cultures and learn about the global body of Christ while also contributing something worthwhile to the ministries of international workers? At Uncharted, we started implementing vision trips. They're an experience oriented towards learning about our international locations, meeting people, and establishing what will become long-lasting relationships with people around the world who are all working toward the same goals. So in this episode, we're talking all about vision trips, and we're asking questions like, what is a vision trip, and how is it different from a regular service-oriented trip? Who should go on these? And how do they help unify the church so we can work together to fulfill the Great Commission? So Ben, we just went on a vision trip. Yes, we did. Yeah, so we went to Serbia, which is in Eastern Europe, former part of former Yugoslavia. And uh, on that portion of the trip, there were six of us. Uh, including you and myself, um, there were three individuals, three guys from three different churches here in the U.S. that partner with us. We just call those partner churches. And then in addition to you, we had a friend who is also uh, an individual we've contracted to help capture some footage mm-hmm. to help produce some videos for our global day, which is coming up in November. More about that at the end of the episode. That's right. So then the two of you um, left the same day that the other four of us did. You two went home and the other four of us went to North Africa to our location there and uh, spent a couple days on the ground. So two locations for most of us. And I thought it was a great time, Emily. I had a great time. Did you have a great time? I did. We weren't together at all, basically. Is that what made it great? It didn't hurt, apparently. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was a really great trip. Um, we so the portion in Serbia, uh, all of us were together for the first day, and we got to do some learning of the spiritual landscape there, what it's like to do ministry specifically in the capital city, Belgrade. And then you guys went north, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So talk a little bit about what was the purpose of splitting off from the rest of us going north, what were some things that you experienced up there? Maybe some of the takeaways or some of the cool things or whatever stood out to you. Yeah. So Chris and I went up north to an area around a city called Subotica, which is right on the border to Hungary. It used to be Hungary at some point. Okay. Um, I learned a lot about geography. Yes. Well done. Also, you said the name of that city really well. I practiced a lot. It took a a lot of time. I still can't say it. Subotica, not even going to try. Tapola. That's those wow. are, that's the only other one I got. Wow, I'm not going to attempt You're the like other places we went. In Serbian, pretty close. I can say that and thank you. So, <laughs> good. 
<laughs> you got that down. Yeah. Um, but Chris and I went to meet some of the church planters that Uncharted partners with in order to uh, capture their stories, interview them, talk to them about what, you know, what's their day to day? What does it look like to be a Christian in this kind of uh, this part of the world? What does it look like to do ministry? Um, what are some of the hardships? Um, and we went and had really great, uh, successful time shooting video and capturing a lot of the stuff that we're really excited to share. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it is for Global Day in November, but a lot of it is just, you know, just these people that we want our supporters mm-hmm. to meet. Um, but really the most of the trip and probably what I'll remember of it is just like just having like the best time, mm-hmm. you know, hanging out with these guys who That's cool. um were really fun. That's the both times I've been to Serbia, I've come back being like, oh, it's just so fun. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is a which is ironic, isn't it? For like when you know the background of the country mm-hmm. and um the realities, like a lot of the stark realities that Serbians face, it is amazing that you can leave saying these these are really fun people that was a really fun time because they don't experience a lot of fun things in their life no there's something really special about the people that we've been able to meet um yeah so i got to know some of these uh guys who are doing ministry and planting churches just in villages kind of every day like slogging it out that's cool one of the guys liked cameras and video stuff (laughs) so we talked about the kind of cameras we have and microphones we both try to use and um, yeah, I think a lot, a lot of the conversation is, it's surprising how, uh, normal it feels to talk. Like they mm-hmm. work in ministry and we work in ministry and we have mm-hmm. the same problems and same struggles. And, mm-hmm. um, it's really, it's really, uh, like meaningful experience to connect really personally with somebody who's like, mm-hmm. you live on the other side of the world for me yep. and we have very different day to days, but something about like we're still doing the same thing yeah it's good yeah and that's a that's a good um segue into giving a picture for why why do we do this thing called a vision trip what is a vision trip and it is something new for uncharted this year um, we haven't done these in the past there's maybe a few ways that i would answer the question in terms of like why do we do this what's our what are the goals that we're trying to accomplish other than just having a great time. <laughs> Other than just Serbia. having a lot of fun in Serbia, yes, which is not a bad thing. Um, so, if I had if I had to summarize it, one of the things that we talk about on Uncharted, and I think we've probably talked about this on past podcasts, is how one of the roles we see Uncharted playing in terms of this mission oriented, internationally focused, like global kingdom aspect is really standing in the middle as sometimes we use the word a conduit or a bridge trying to connect, uh, in our case, the Western church, Western local church, to what God is doing in these very specific places and to the very specific people uh, where God has called Uncharted to have some level of presence. And this trip was, for me at least, real a, a really beautiful culmination of that goal, uh, of that uh, desire that we have as an organization to serve as that conduit, as that bridge. And so we were able to take, in this case, uh, three different individuals who were representing three different partner churches from uh, from around the U.S. 
to these two locations internationally where Uncharted works and serves and has a level of presence and introduce them to each other. And there's layers of, of why we want that introduction to happen. I mean, there's certainly, um, you know, the personal one, like for me, it felt like, Hey, I'm taking a group of some of my really good friends from the States and I'm bringing them to these two international locations and introducing them to some really good friends of mine who just happen to live in Serbia, who just happen Mm -hmm. to live in North Africa. And it was really fun just personally and relationally to see like what you were describing. Like it was fun. There was a lot of laughter. There was a lot of prayer. There was a lot of worship. There was even, you know, tears shed as we were sharing stories and encouragement. And I think that's, that is a, is a really beautiful reason why we do these vision trips is to begin to eliminate or reduce this feeling of isolation that a lot of our field partners have. That is probably one of the common denominators between all of our field partners across locations. They all work in pretty isolated contexts mm-hmm. for different reasons. And so it was a lot of fun to to dispel some of that, to um, introduce to our field partners, like here's a here are some people who represent whole groups of people in the States that know you, that pray for you, that um, want to stand with you in the work that you're doing. And then conversely, for our uh, for our friends from the states to be inspired, to be in challenge, to be challenged, to be refreshed and renewed in their faith from the stories of of these field partners. Um, so that was a really cool, a really cool dynamic or aspect of the vision trip. Um, it it does dispel some of that isolation and 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 bridge the relationships there. It does give our our church partners a really great on the, you know, boots on the ground picture for what are, what are you a part of when you're partnering with Uncharted as a church? What are you connected to around the world? And then to take it from what are you partnering with to how can you be more actively involved and engaged directly, which is also a a significant heartbeat for Uncharted, right? Like we, we talk about, we don't want to do mission for local church. We want to do it with them. Like we, we really want to see God's people activated into God's mission. And so by creating this bridge, introducing the relationships, making the connections, it was fun to hear our church partners from the U.S. begin to ideate things with our field partners in Serbia and North Africa about like, what could it look like to keep advancing God's kingdom together in this particular location or community or village? Um, So that was another really cool dynamic for the vision trip. It's very different though, Mm -hmm. as you acknowledged in the uh, opening than than like a service oriented trip. Yeah. So there there are lots of ways we can talk about this, I think. But one is in general, I think a lot of people are kind of moving away from the idea of like a traditional mission mm-hmm. trip. There's been a lot of I mean, we've yeah been a part of it. <laughs> yeah. Criti- criticizing like the effectiveness of this, whether or not they do more harm. Um and yet, you know, it's really important to be connected to stuff happening overseas if you're into international missions yeah um so do you see like a vision trip is this something that should replace these kind of service-oriented mission trips i wouldn't say replace but i definitely would say um complement is one word that comes to mind or even like proceed Mm -hmm. because i think what can flow out of so a big heartbeat as I said, of the vision trip is that relationships begin to get established, right? So like you have will from 
local church acts here in the U.S. who connects with um, Danko, you know, at local church Y in Serbia, mm-hmm. and and their connection begins um, on on a foundation of relationship. But then, what can flow out of that as they connect and dream together and brainstorm and ideate? What can flow out of that are um, could lead to more the service oriented trip. So Donko, for example, could say, "Will we would love to do some sort of English camp outreach? Could you bring a team from your church in Sojourn who can come over and help host and facilitate this English this English camp as an outreach?" And so, you know that that's an that's an example of what I would call a more service oriented type trip mm-hmm. that flows from relationship that flows from the field partner identifying the need and the opportunity. Um, so that's a long answer to say, I don't think it necessarily replaces them, but I think um, service trips should flow from a context of relationship and from those who are receiving a short-term team being the ones who identify and shape, like what are the real needs that you can help us mm-hmm. meet? that makes sense. Yeah. That's, I was talking to Victor is one of the church planners that we hung out with and interviewed. Um, and they, they do a ton of youth ministry outreach stuff in yeah. order to grow their church. And part of that includes putting on these festivals for an entire village. They have games That's and, cool. um, and they sound, they sound really incredible. Um, but he was saying, yeah, last time there were like 300 kids Wow, that came wow. and they need like, 50 volunteers yeah. to help run this. And he's like, that is more than our entire church. Yeah. There aren't that many Christians <laughs> in this area. Gosh. And so it's like, I can be as, I can be as cynical as I want about, you know, these right. service mission trips um, of like people going and doing an event and leaving. Right. But the reality is once you get to know people and you hear what they need, like, no, like 30 high schoolers. Yeah. That, that's exactly what they want. Yeah. Like they need that. And yeah. that you can see how it, does actually bring positive impact to their ministry. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's a great example of connecting local church to local church Mm -hmm. and allowing them to identify how do we, how do we help each other? I think one of the things that is important about a vision trip or the heart behind why we do it, this is something that came from uh, the gathering that we do through Outpost um, one of the speakers that was there, uh, he's the missions pastor, Matthew Phillip from Crossroads Church. He was talking about how there's a, a switch needs to happen in our relationships, our, our international relationships. Typically, historically, from the West, we enter into those relationships with this mindset, even if it's subconscious, with this mindset of what are the needs that you have, foreigner, that I can as the Westerner meet, mm-hmm. right? So we come in and and usually like well-intended, you know, but we usually come in sort of with that power dynamic, like how can I meet your needs? How can I help you? You know, the, 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 maybe the grossest version of that is the sort of that savior, you know, savior mentality type thing. And so one of the things, one of the concepts that he was saying needs to be turned on, on its head is when we come into those relationships the question is, what are the strengths that we both bring to the table? And that was a really cool 
dynamic to introduce in conversation as our church partners were sitting at a table, literally with our field partners, Mm -hmm. was to present that and say, how fun is it to think about what are the strengths that center church in Belgrade or um, the church planting network in Vranje in Southern Serbia? What are the strengths that they bring to the table that we can learn from, that we can benefit from, that we can be inspired and encouraged from? And then what are the strengths that we bring to the table as well? And typically, we quickly realize the strengths that our brothers and sisters internationally bring to the table. That list is a lot longer than the strengths (laughs) we bring. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So anyways, that was another cool dynamic to the vision trip is looking at it through the lens, like encouraging these guys from the States, like, don't look at this through the lens of, okay, how can we as the Western church help these poor people? but rather like mutually what are the strengths that we bring to the table for each other mm-hmm. and how can those spur each other on and so on and so forth. So that was, that was another cool dynamic and kind of lens through which to experience these relationships. Yeah. So while I was up North doing my film thing, you guys went South and met yep. with some different church planners that you mentioned a little bit. Can you talk a little bit about what you guys did there? Yeah. So the the whole trip for, uh, for our group in both locations, if I had to you know say what what did we do? We did a lot of learning is basically what we did. If I had to summarize it, and and so what we did is we uh, in southern Serbia we spent a full day uh, just literally drinking coffee and eating meals with two different groups of Serbian church planters. Um, in two different locations. In this case, they, they were groups of men in each each location, but there are men and women who are scattered throughout Serbia who are part of this network that Uncharted is connected to. And these, these guys are Serbian followers of Jesus who are leading these different initiatives to reach out to their communities, to their villages, seeing people come to know Jesus, raising them up as disciples, as leaders, and then sending them out, them, you know, sending those people out as missionaries, if you will, in their own country to other parts of Serbia. So we were talking, we were hearing about villages, communities, uh, maybe we would call them cities of like 200,000 people where there is no local evangelical church. And these are the types of places that they're sending out Serbian believers to go uh, establish some sort of discipleship multiplication movement. Um, it was awesome. The stories that we were he- uh, that we were hearing um, were were very humbling and inspiring and convicting to my faith, to the faith of those who were with me. Um, maybe one word that would describe a lot of the stories is this word healing. Uh, it was really powerful to hear the stories of how, like, truly how God was healing people miraculously as a way to, to reveal himself, to, to open up, um, maybe I I would say like to soften the ground, if you will, to, for people to be willing to hear, to hear about Jesus. And, um, it, it challenged my faith, you know, like the way that these guys just so simply and beautifully believed the book of Acts is how I would say it. Like, yeah, this is what you do. Let's read the book of Acts. This is what you do. You make disciples and you expect God to heal people and show up and do things. And they did. 
and it and it was like it was working <laughs> so <laughs> it's sort of like they have they don't have manuals they don't have conferences they don't have you know whole networks that that they're a part of uh at least like in a big official way they're just they're just living out the book of acts and believing that the holy spirit's going to do what he says he'll do and he does and it's it's amazing so i could go on and on but that that was that's what we did like we literally uh, after driving down there we spent the day sitting and listening and asking questions and learning and then praying together and um and then moving on to the next group and doing the same thing mm-hmm. and uh it was beautiful it was really cool so thinking about that kind of trip experience coming from this mindset of what you know missions should be what it looks like i don't know i don't know exactly the right way to phrase this but like I think a a big draw of why people kind of initially get started in missions and enjoy going on these trips. And it's, this isn't a completely negative thing, but it's like this feeling of like, I can help, I can accomplish something, I can bring something people need. Um, And so like, when you think about a trip, it's like, okay, well we sat and we had coffee and we talked like not, not they're trying to like sell the idea of a vision trip to somebody, but like, is it, do you think it's harder for people to understand like the value that a trip like this would have, I mean, with international travel, it's going to be expensive. Mm-hmm. You're going to raise money or you're mm-hmm. going to pay a lot. And if you go and you feel like I didn't really do anything, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, maybe you can just talk to that mindset. Yeah, it's yeah, that's a good question. There's a variety of responses that are coming to mind. I mean, make sure it's like PG rated. for the <laughs> Yeah. OK. All right. Let me do some internal <laughs> editing real quick. Um, I understand. I understand that you know, that perspective and that concern of like, okay, but why would I invest all this time and money and to go over there and what are we accomplishing? So on, on the outset, especially before you actually go, there can be that question or that, that wondering of like, is this worth it? Like, what are we actually doing? What are we accomplishing? And maybe even that cynicism of like, if we're not accomplishing something, if there's not something I can take a picture of when we're done um, to show people, especially if you're having to like raise your support for the trip, you know, to show people like, this is what, this is what we did. This was the impact. People to Christ. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or we built this thing. That's going to do that thing. You know, that sort of stuff. Um, It is, it, it can be hard for people to have an appreciation for and a value for, um, a trip that doesn't do that. Um, on the surface, uh, it could look like we, we didn't accomplish anything, but I'll say once you're in it and once you're experiencing those interactions and once you're in those conversations and when you're hearing our, our friends around the world say almost verbatim, you know, thank you for reminding me that I am not alone in this, mm. that to me and and many other things that to me is worth the price of admission and the very crass analogy or like just inadequate analogy that I use is because I know sometimes we say like well wouldn't it have been better like look at how much money was spent on sending six people to Serbia and then four of them to North Africa like wouldn't it have been better to just send all that money Mm -hmm. over there and the analogy that I use is it's sort of like saying to your 12 year old child like hey i'll give you a 50 dollar a week allowance but i'm not going to spend any time with you Mm -hmm. 
obviously there's some breakdown to that, <laughs> but my point is we as human beings, we, we don't want just resources and material possessions. Mm-hmm. We want relationship. I mean, it's the, one of the most basic human needs, right? Is that sense of being known and that, that I'm not isolated. So from that standpoint, um, the money and the time that is invested in a, a type of trip where the exclusive focus is establishing and deepening relationship to me is incredibly worth it because it's, it's like that moment when you say to your 12 year old child, let's, let's go out to dinner. Let's go see a movie. Let's grab a cup of coffee and just hang out together. Mm-hmm. Like we all know that that's what your kid's going to look back on and remember, not the $50 allowance. And I think a lot of those same values transfer to this type of experience as well. So I don't know if that answers the question at all, but those are just some thoughts that I have about, you know, the, the value of it. Yes. Yes. So obviously a, a main purpose for a trip like this is to introduce, you know, uh, partner churches here with our field partners there to connect them to stuff that's happening, ongoing, you know, work that they can join in on. Um, but there's also an element to it of like when you guys went to North Africa, that's very new for us. Yeah. We don't really have a lot of established. It's yep. not like Serbia. Yep. Um, so was that a little bit of a different experience for you guys? Totally. Yes. And because of what you just said, it was very, it felt very pioneering. It felt very adventurous before we got there. Uh, I kept saying to the guys that were with me, um, I just kept saying, guys, okay, like you've already had to be a level of flexible and, and go with the flow. <laughs> we're going to a whole new level with that, that just be ready for anything. And now, thankfully, a lot of the logistics came together quite a bit better than I was expecting uh-huh. and anticipating. So that was good. Nobody <laughs> died. Nobody got abandoned or left anywhere. That's always a bonus. Nobody got sick from food. We ate, you know, that sort of stuff. Good. Um, but I think uniquely for these two locations, Serbia and North Africa, it was cool to bring people to, like you said, a place like Serbia that was more established in terms of our relationships, the ministry that we're a part of, et cetera. And then to take them to North Africa and it was much more vision casting. Um, so that's how it was a vision trip too, mm-hmm. of, of really, of truly saying, guys, this, like, here's the need reaching this particular you know, people group in this particular city, an immense need, um, tons of opportunity. Here are some relationships that we're beginning to lean into. Here are, um, the beginnings of some ideas that this, you know, our, our field partners are experimenting with and ideating, but truly like we are years away from it feeling quote unquote established, like what we feel in Serbia. So that was fun. Like, I think it was, I think both dynamics were fun for the people that came with us from the States that in Serbia, it was fun because it's like, wow, here's the quote unquote results, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is what discipleship multiplication is looking like. Here's the effect it's having. Here's all these amazing stories of the the impact and the result of that. But then in North Africa, it was much more like, oh, this is fun and exciting to think about what this could be and how we could be on the ground floor and sort of on the edge of something new and, and challenging and risky and mm-hmm. bold. Um, we don't, and there are no results yet, you know, other than 
cool stories of people coming to know Jesus. And so, yeah, it was, it was two very different dynamics. And I think both were appealing and attractive and exciting for our group. And depending on, you know, the type of personality you have, the type of church you're a part of, um, each person was sort of drawn to the different place depending on, you know, who they are and what, mm-hmm. yeah. So it, it was, it was very different from each other. Um, but I think both experiences were equally as valuable. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have partners to sit down and hear about their work, what, what is it that you do? Like what were some of the things that you did in North Africa? Gotcha. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, the, f- the first full day, we were only there for two full days. The first full day I would say was focused on primarily on learning, learning the spiritual landscape of this particular people group that we're focused on mm-hmm. reaching, um, which happens to be a displaced, like a refugee group. So we were not only learning about their context there in this specific city, but we were also learning about the country and the context from which they came. And thankfully, um, the main way that that happened is through relationship, we were able to spend most of the day with an individual who's a believer from that particular country. So his story was being told to us, translated, but his story was being told to us. We got to ask him questions about his country of origin. We got to ask him questions about, uh, you know, a lot of the political conflict that he had experienced, a lot of the uh, religious conflict that he had experienced. And so again, it was really being in a posture of, of learning and listening and, and truly being immersed in both the local con- culture where we were in that city, but also the culture of, of this particular nation from which these refugees are coming. Um, so we sat for the better part of three hours in a friend's apartment, listening and learning from this individual then we got onto a crazy bus transport. I'm using air quotes when I say bus. <laughs> uh, a crazy bus transport, you know, across the city. We went to a part of the city where uh, predominantly the people living there are refugees from this particular country. And again, we were immersed into that culture. Mm-hmm. And so we literally sat on the floor and ate food with our hands, uh, which that sort of stuff I'm all about. Some of the people <laughs> I was with from the States struggled with a little bit. Uh, I mean, when the food is that good, it almost doesn't matter. Yeah. You can't taste the germs. Right. So, yeah. So it, you know, it was very immersive in that standpoint. And then we did some prayer walking in this, in this particular part of the city. Um, we sat again for like two hours and had, a, had uh, tea and just like looked around and learned and listened and people would come up to us and try to actually, I, I forgot to tell this story earlier. A young man came up who spoke a little bit of English and we had this, he and I had this very funny interaction <laughs> where he was wearing a strangers things t-shirt. And so I was like, Oh, you like stranger things? He's like, Oh yeah, yeah. I like stranger things. It's, it's very good. I was like, yeah, our family likes stranger things too. And then he goes, I have a random question. Do people in America actually like Friends, the show <laughs> Friends? And, and I started laughing as well. I was like, I mean, like people in my generation, I think really like the show Friends, but I know my kids don't really get it. He's like, yeah, yeah, I don't think it's funny. And then he walked away. So <laughs> great. 
that's what we did. Like that full day was just interacting with people from this particular people group. Um, then the next day was more focused on cultural experiences in this particular city where we were. So like, mm -hmm. you know, going to huge bazaars or markets and just being immersed in that, um, tourist, different tourist spots, uh, eating meals out with some of our, some of our friends on the ground. So, yep. A lot of learning, a lot of listening. Um, one of the common denominators when Uncharted launches a new location is it, it does take a lot of, uh, like multiple trips over to that particular location because when you're on the ground, you come in, like I come in knowing, okay, I know Emily, so I'm going to spend time with Emily. But then after I spend time with Emily, it turns out through our conversation, Emily mentions Joey and, oh, I didn't know about Joey last time. Well, now Emily's going to introduce me to Joey. Let's go spend time with Joey. And so then you get to know Joey and then Joey introduces you to Mike and, you know, so on and so forth. So that, that kind of happened this time too. We actually ended up spending time with people I hadn't, we hadn't met before on our last trip. So that was pretty cool just to see like more relationships developing and mm -hmm. um, being introduced to more people. Cool. So for the, the guys that were on this trip with you, um, obviously there's, there's purpose to this trip of like learning and building relationships. I, I talked to Will on Sunday, Will, who's been on our podcast mm. uh, a couple episodes ago pastor of a partner church and he said oh yeah i have to like i have whatsapp messages from donko and from yeah. this guy from north africa that i have to respond to so like obviously introducing people and start helping begin these relationships mm -hmm. is kind of a huge goal mm -hmm. um but what what's your hope for these guys who have now they're back maybe they don't have jet lag anymore <laughs> it's been a few days they're at their churches they're kind of back in normal life what um what do you hope this experience uh, changes for them or mm -hmm. how do how do they bring this back uh, now that they're home mm -hmm. one thing that comes to mind right away is i i think i think i can speak for all of them because we talked about this on the trip how th there was a realization for all of them how crucial exposure and engagement to global kingdom is for spiritual formation so in other words, they, they recognize ways in which their faith was being impacted that are unique to, in other words, like you can't, I, I would say, this is a strong statement maybe, but I would say there's a type of spiritual formation to our faith that cannot happen outside the context of cross-cultural experiences like this. They've tasted that. They, they've had uh, their own personal experience with that. I would hope, uh, and, and I believe this will happen, but I would hope that through their leadership, as they go back to their local churches, that value will spread. That um, whether it's from stage or over a cup of coffee or anything in between, that they as leaders will start to replicate and multiply um, and elevate that reality and that need. Like I want my people in this church here in Evansville or in Newport News, Virginia. I want my people in this church to have some of the same experiences, to taste some of the same things that I got to, to hear some of the same types of stories in the way that that enriched and challenged my faith. Um, so that's the first thing. Like I hope that they start to infuse that uh, into the DNA of their people 
whether that happens through Uncharted or another organization, I don't, I don't care. I mean, that, like, that's, that's how much I, I believe in, um, how global exposure to God's kingdom and God's people shapes our faith. So that's the first thing. The second thing, maybe more specifically as part of that is that those churches, those leaders, um, would start to have a very specific vision for how they could be more connected to our field partners and to the church to the church planting and the discipleship that's happening in, in our locations around the world. Um, so I fully anticipate and expect that next year, you know, will, will be really excited about offering a trip or two for people from sojourn church to go over to X, Y, or Z church in North Africa or Serbia and say, uh, we would love to, fulfilled the need of, you know, the guy that you were talking about in North, North, Northern Serbia earlier. Um, so I, I fully expect to see that as well as sort of an outcome or, or a what's next for these churches is more personal, um, connection and, uh, sort of kingdom activity together. Mm -hmm. Um, those are a couple other things. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So again, I mean, I think, I think all of this comes back to that heart that we have here at Uncharted of how can we serve as, as the conduit, this two-way conduit or this bridge, if you will, connecting God's people here in the West to these really amazing on the front lines, on the edge, kingdom works, kingdom initiatives that these field partners are, are leading and facilitating. Um, so I, I anticipate, I hope that we are able to keep offering vision trips um, at this point for leaders from our church partners. But I would say to the listener uh, of this podcast that maybe this serves, if nothing else, maybe this serves as like a good reminder that we truly are, gosh, as cheesy as this sounds, like <laughs> we truly are part of a global global kingdom, global family, um, that there is so much to be learned from our brothers and sisters around the world, um, that our faith is enriched. Um, our faith, it, it's almost like going from watching a show in black and white to 4k. Um, there's just elements of learning and understanding who the father is learning and understanding how God works, learning and understanding what it means to be a son or daughter of, of God. There's, there's just certain elements that I, again, maybe this is too bold of a statement. I really believe can't be tasted or experienced without that type of interaction with our, with our brothers and sisters around the world. So whether it's with uncharted, whether it's with another organization or, or whoever find a way in which you can have sort of that personal vision trip experience where you can go in a posture of learning, of listening, of wanting to understand how is God in this place? How is God showing up here? How is God on the move here through these people? How are they living out their faith? And what is it about their faith that, that I can learn from, that I can glean from, that I can be inspired by? Um, so maybe that's what I would leave with, uh, with those who are listening is um, find that way because it truly God, God's family and God's kingdom and God's work around the world is beautiful. Um, 
and any opportunity we have to be exposed even just to a sliver of it is a very enriching opportunity. Well, you convinced me. <laughs> Sign me up for the All next right. one. Global Day is a live virtual event Uncharted is hosting on November 17th. You'll get to hear stories from our field partners, updates on new locations, and participate in creative and interactive times of prayer. And if you're in the Evansville, Indiana area, you could attend our in-person watch party. To get information on how to watch Global Day or how to RSVP for a regional watch party, make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter. You can do that on our homepage at unchartedinternational.org. See you at Global Day on November 17th.